Welcome! I'm Yuan Nielsen. And I'm Lincoln Murphy. And this is Impact Weekly. We're here to help you make your customers successful. Each week, we answer your most pressing customer success management questions by relying on our years of experience with companies around the world. Let's get this going. Hey, everyone. So, welcome back to another Impact Weekly uh, podcast re- episode. Uh, today, we're going to talk about customer ownership. I think it's a huge topic. Before we get into that, I just want to say also that we are receiving so many great, great questions from you. Uh, we're kind of overwhelmed with all the stuff we get. Uh, and we're actually having, uh, we're having to work now to put, put these, uh, all these questions that we get into specific uh, uh, podcast episodes and trying to find uh, time to cover everything. So keep that up. We love that. And uh, we're going to cover a lot of stuff uh, in the coming weeks. So uh, I think that's just great. Uh, do you agree, Lincoln? Oh, that's, it's, it's fantastic. And yeah, it's been, it's been great to get some really good questions. So I'm excited. Yeah, and uh, I think so, some of them are 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 uh, coming from a lot of uh, the same same area and the same similar uh, yeah, situations, and then we have some that are brand new or coming from a completely new. Uh, it's a new. It's, a lot of things are happening as well at the, uh, as we, where we are right now. So um, I think it's uh, it's a great mix uh, of both things we've been talking about for a long period of time and things that are really brand new. So. I think that's uh, really exciting. For sure. But but to get into today, uh, to this, uh, yeah, the topic of today. Um, so we have actually two two parts to this question. The first part here is that um, we have a, a person asking if it see, it seems that customer success uh, is moving away from one person owning the customer journey um, to being more people uh, owning the customer journey. Is this the future, um, or or is it uh, is it something uh, that will change again? Uh, what that's the first part of the question. The second part here is from another person that's uh, basically having this uh, situation where a lot of people are involved in the customer journey, and this person is asking about uh, how do you uh, create good value-driven customer journey when you have a lot of people involved. Um, and this person is actually um, experiencing a little bit of a yeah, poor communications going around uh, with the customer. So first part is, is this a trend? Is this, gonna, is this mm-hmm. something we see happening? And the second part is, how do you manage in this area, in this situation as well? Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that in customer success, the, the trend is definitely... Um, what we would say is specialization across the customer lifecycle. So this means that we're seeing more people working with the customer directly um, than we, than we saw in the past. Um, The, the days of a CSM doing all things across the lifecycle are over. And frankly, that's a really good thing. It means there's a realization that, um, you know, a, a CSM is not magic. CSM does not stand for customer success magician. Um, you know, that there's just that, that idea of a CSM being, you know, all things to the customer was just unrealistic and it put way too much pressure on one person to do way too much. So I think this is not a test. This is not something that people are just trying. 
this is definitely a trend and, and I think we're going to see more and more special specialization across the, the life cycle. But, yeah. you know, that said, there's a lot going on in this question or in these, in these two questions, um, more so than just sort of the structure. Um, yeah. There, you know, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I fully agree as well that this is a clear trend and uh, I think this is going to continue to develop. But also just to uh, also taking a step back, we also need to understand this, of course, depends on where you are as a company. If you're a very young company starting off, you might not <laughs> have a team uh, looking after the customer either. So you, you might still be just a one person team in the beginning, of course. So uh, but but definitely when you see your customer base growing a lot, you will see specialization coming up uh, as a way to become more efficient. Uh, and I think this is where we want to spend some time today as well, talk about how you do this in a good way. For sure, for sure. Um, and ownership, I think, is central here. But maybe we should stop there a little bit as well. What, what is ownership, customer ownership? Uh, I know, I mean, uh, I think most people will assume ownership with the, the person being responsible for the ARR, the MRR, the commercial side of things with the customer. Um, uh, what, what, what do you say there? Is that, yeah, um, it's interesting. I mean, this is one of those things where, you know, I, I think there's a lot of different points of view on, on this. And I would just say, I kind of look at it like the company owns the customer and there are just people along the way that are ultimately responsible for the customer's success. And, yeah. and, I know that that's not, I, I know when people say ownership, I know what they're getting at, you know, and, and I, it generally comes down to, you know, who's responsible or who's accountable for the customer's ultimate success. But I think this idea of ownership kind of muddies the water a little bit because it makes mm -hmm. it seem like there should be one person that has like ultimate responsibility for for everything and and while it's it's true that the csm may be the primary point of contact with with the customer and may be ultimately accountable the fact is there are others that at various points in the customer life cycle quote unquote own that piece of the life cycle and are just as responsible would be just as accountable for the customer's desired outcome as the CSM. So, you know, ownership is, it's an interesting way of looking at things. And I, I think maybe just in and of itself, we need to kind of look at things differently. And like I said, look at, look at the customer across their entire life cycle and, and see who's, who's responsible and who's accountable. We'll talk more about like a, a framework for doing so in, in a minute, but, um, but yeah, there's, this is, this is not, this is one of those things that seems like it's so simple, right? You know, on, you know yeah. it's so simple. And then when you start kind of it's a it's you know peeling the the onion, you realize, gosh, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, yeah. Also, I think I think we made you you made some examples there, but maybe we should for someone who's who's not who's for someone who's this concept is brand new that they are still working like every CSM has uh, owns the whole journey or mm. is responsible for the whole journey. What what kind of a, what roles do we see and uh, specialization? Just to give uh, maybe people who who are not familiar to that, what what kind of new roles are evolving in customer success? Sure. So I think probably the most common um, 
specialized role that we're seeing, um, in, you know, again, and I, I usually don't say, you know, across the customer journey, I look at it at the different stages of the customer yeah. lifecycle, um, where you see a, um, a bifurcation of responsibility um, is between onboarding and sort of everything else. So yeah. you, what we're seeing, it's fairly common now to have a an onboarding specialist or, or a team of onboarding specialists that work with the customer immediately post-sale. Um, and then once the customer comes out of onboarding, they then start working with the CSM. Now, maybe the CSM originally meets with them and then turns them over to the onboarding specialist. That That's not the point. But you, you'll see those two roles are, are fairly common. But um, you will see things like um, technical account managers, people that kind of that come in and work with the customer on, well, more, more technical things. Or maybe professional services that are doing, you know, really much more extensive work with the customer on, on certain projects. You'll see just other subject matter experts being brought in. Um, let's say you, you work in a very specialized industry where, you know, as a CSM, you maybe don't have a lot of industry experience. You, you, you understand how to work with the customer. You understand how to make them successful, but there are yeah. points where bringing somebody in that has um, domain specific experience um, would make sense. And so those would be, you know, what we would call SMEs, subject matter experts. So it just, yeah. you know, it, 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 those are kind of the, the more common ones. Um, but definitely onboarding is an area that we're seeing, uh, specialization happening, uh, across a large swath of companies. Yeah, for sure. But I, I really like what you said there about these, uh, uh, specialists coming in, because I think that's also like an opportunity I think that's like a th uh, overseen opportunity as well in some cases where people, uh, you have a CSM doing a lot of work, but uh, if you could add this type of person that would actually speed up things with, uh, it can be with an expansion or it can be um, uh, get, getting a customer going faster and so on. Uh, by, so I think it's uh, looking at different roles can also be a way to, um, yeah, uh, free up time and also uh, find new opportunities to grow with your customers. So uh, I think it's a good way to look at it as well to see, can we add roles that will speed up uh, things and will help the customer uh, get more value, get more out of our product faster uh, by adding specialists as well. So for sure. Well, and, and you bring one I didn't mention uh, is is sort of a, a dedicated or no, dedicated a, a, a dedicated role not necessarily yeah. dedicated to, to a particular customer, but uh, for account management or something to do with um, account level functions. So mm -hmm. renewal, um, expansion, that kind of stuff. So we see companies having um, a dedicated, um, essentially a dedicated upsell team that's yeah. separate from, it, it, it's, it's separate from new business sales. It may still fit under the sales organization, but these are, these are people that work only with existing customers and in theory at least and hopefully work very closely with the csm and other other people on the customer success side to deliver you know the right the right next product or uh the right add-ons or whatever to a customer so you see that um you see a, a renewal team um where where renewal is more complex 
you know, for mm-hmm. at least a, a, a subset of customers, um, the CSM probably wouldn't, shouldn't be doing that. Not because of any sort of like commercial activities hurt trust between the CSM and the customer. It's just, it's a complex process. And so we need to make sure that it's going to get done and we need to make sure it's going to get done well. So you might have a dedicated team there. So there's also that account management side. Um, and, and, you know, the distinction there is account level stuff, right? Not yeah. customer and, and their desired outcome, but literally things that have to do with the commercial aspect of the relationship. Um, and, and, and those, those are segmented out simply because of the complexity, not because a CSM having commercial conversations with a, with a customer is in any way bad. I want no. to make that distinction very clear. But yeah, yeah, so you're right. Definitely. There's a lot of different places. And, and I would also say that just in general, you know, if you see a, a place in your customer lifecycle that would where there would make sense to have an SME or have a dedicated uh, role for that and you don't see anybody out there doing that, do it. You know, it, just, it might yeah. be exactly what you and your customers need in your unique situation. Um, so. No, I think uh, there is definitely, uh, I've seen this many times, a lot of opportunities. This is where you can actually do a lot more uh, with your existing customers uh, is by, by looking at specialization and finding these. Um, I, I've done one mistake I've done many times myself is that I'm trying to, to fit every, everything into one person. Uh, yeah. And it's like, you know, chasing Moby Dick. Uh, the, the white whale. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's better to look at finding people, finding the people, um, uh, looking at uh, people's strengths and finding them, uh, fitting them into uh, where where they where the, where they where we can get most, um, yeah, most out to our customers uh, in the organization, basically. Exactly. Uh, but so so that's some of the opportunities and upside of doing this. But of course, I think the person asking the question mentioned something that is uh, going to be critical when you add more people. Um, and I think he, he or she said that poor communication. Um, and I, I believe that's going to be, that's where, that's where you test the system when you, when you have uh, <laughs> more people yes. involved. Right. I like that. Yeah. You, you pressure test it, look for leaks, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's yeah. I mean, that so poor communication sort of um dropping the ball handoffs that 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 don't work that's kind of the um the the hallmark of um having multiple people involved and and especially in situations where that has failed uh where where we look at that and say yeah there were a lot of people involved and it just didn't work well it didn't work not because there were a lot of people involved. And I want to be really clear about that. I, there's, a, there's a misconception that customers don't like to work with multiple people. You know, they, they really just want to work with one CSM and that's it. And I, I just don't, the, the evidence doesn't show that to be the case. And, and anecdotally, I've not, I've not seen that. What I've seen is that customers really hate three things surprises unknowns and repeating themselves and when you have poor communication and poor orchestration and and you know the handoffs are are causing the customers 
to, to have to repeat themselves multiple times across multiple different individual contributors. Um, and all of a the sudden they're working with somebody that they didn't know that they were going to be working with or they didn't expect to be handed off to another person. Those are the things that they don't like. So as long as you have everything or, well orchestrated, you yeah. have you're not dropping the ball. People aren't falling through the cracks and there aren't leaks in the system and you have good communication. Um, it's not going to be a big deal to work with different people across the life cycle. So it really comes down to just um, getting those things right. Now yeah. I say just, just getting those things right. That's the hard part. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. No, I think you're hundred percent right there. And that's, uh, uh, it is really a misconception that yeah we we we, do, we we can't introduce that many people that's going to be confusing. It won't be uh, if they know what they're doing and they have been uh, um, yeah communicating uh, between each other. I think and also another not, uh, thing to the question here. Uh, I think poor communication was something was mentioned, but I also could read a little bit between the lines that. That the, the people involved in these different parts of the life cycle, um, they are uh, they are not uh, also working together well. I mean, mm. they 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 go in and do their part, and then they kind of uh, take off again. So, I think that's also uh, I mean that's linked to poor communication. But uh, the second part here is also that collaboration bet between these teams needs, of course, to be on a really good level as well. For sure. And, you know, I, I guess we're, when I think of the poor communication, perhaps the, the intent of that aspect of the question was poor communication with the customer. But I also look at it as just poor communication with all stakeholders internally and with the customer. And so, you know, you, you're, to your point, like we need to make sure that um, when, when one person is working with the customer, and the customer is now going to be working with this other person that everything that was done with with the first person is communicated to the second person yeah. um sort of behind the scenes so that they know what what all was done they know what what happened they know the results they know what was implemented and they can pick that up and run with it with the customer and the customer doesn't have to you know, sort of repeat themselves. They don't have to explain what was what, what happened. Um, the next person that works with the customer just knows what's going on, picks up the baton from the mm. other person and, and just and just goes. Yeah. Um, so it's poor communication sort of encompasses all of those things, I think. And if we can just make sure that we're we're, we're like, you know, I, I like the the, the pressure test and, and look for, for leaks in the system, those yeah. leaks are what's going to cause your customer to um, have a poor experience. So we need to, yeah. we need to make sure we're shoring up everything. Yeah. And you also need to have the, like the, the team, the mindset of the team needs to be that we are, I'm not just, I'm not just responsible for this onboarding or this technical setup. I need to understand more things around my specific area mm -hmm. and be curious of the other teams. How is it going? Because we know things happen with customers, and it's not like it's not uh, a completely scientific uh, where you know exactly it moves from A to B to C and so on. So, I think it also uh, requires people to be uh, curious, uh, more flexible in their in even if they have a specific role, they need to be uh, uh, yeah interested in what's going on in the other parts of the 
the life cycle as well. So uh, to, to really get then, if you have that type of person, that mindset, then this will the communication will be easier uh, and everything will work smoother. For sure, and I, you know, to to a large extent that that's where you know really good leadership comes in, sort of making sure that you're creating an environment and bringing in the right people who will have that attitude and yeah. and create a well you create that environment and then you bring in the right people to um exactly. to ensure that everybody is is thinking about things that way that we're all moving in the same direction we're all here to um ensure the customer is successful but that said i think um when we're thinking about how to actually like solve for this yeah you know one of the things that that i like to look or one of the things that I like to use um, is this thing called an RACI model or RACI model. Yeah. So RACI uh, model. You can just Google that. There's lots of examples out there. Um, it is a way to sort of visualize the different uh, stakeholders um, and what role they play at any time in the customer journey. Now, RACI is not a customer success specific framework. Uh, it stands for Responsible, Accountable, consulted and informed and it's it's useful in basically any situation where you have multiple stakeholders yeah and it will allow you to kind of map out and say okay hey in onboarding mm. you know who is who's responsible for actually onboarding the customer who's accountable for this so you know those are not necessarily the same thing no. um and then who needs to be consulted um on that so you might need to actually talk to the salesperson to figure out like you know, what were they, what was their initial use case? What did you talk to them? Who needs to be informed? Uh, perhaps it's, you know, we need, the CSM will need to be informed from the onboarding person. Um, but, you know, maybe, maybe you learn something in that process and you'll need to inform, you know, a subject matter expert or, or a TAM about something as well. So you kind of go through that process and, and it will help you visualize um, this. So again, it's RACI model, not customer success specific, but a really great thing that you can use uh, to, to visualize this um, and, yeah. and, and see just who needs to be at, at, in, in which role, um, you know, people need to be uh, just simply informed and kept up to speed on things or, or are actually the ones doing the work. Yeah, no, I think that's a super tool to use. And uh, it's not that it's very complicated, this communication. It's more that you kind of forget and you kind of miss people and you uh, you haven't thought uh, thought through all the all the parts here. I think that's so mapping it out. is going to be uh, like a very good step uh, just to to make sure that you cover everything. So uh, that's a great tool. Um, what else? So let's um, let's try to wrap up now and help these people who are looking to improve maybe moving into uh, like a customer ownership uh, by a bigger team yeah. and uh, if you you have started already and if you don't feel that things are moving very well if you even uh, get from the customer that they are not happy with this maybe we should just uh, help this uh, these people with three three concrete things that uh, we would recommend to to take action on sure so I think the first one would be um, get clear on the processes and the roles. So this is, again, where the RACI model comes in. Yeah. Um, and I would say start doing that now, even if it's just you. 
Like, it might sound crazy. You're the only one gonna, that's going to be on there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but mapping out, okay, here are the various stages of the customer lifecycle. Um, yep. Here are the different stakeholders and, and here's what, you know, who would need to be, um, you know, sort of who's responsible and accountable and consulted and informed at each stage. And it's you right now. But then as you start growing, you start adding additional people, you start plugging them into this. And so, you know, start doing things early, sort of thinking about the future um, and, and again, looking for those gaps and where, where, might, where might we be able to drop the ball with the customer? You know, look for the yeah. very obvious places and, and really try to shore that up. So get clear on the processes and the roles in, uh, of the people involved. That's a great point. Um, following that one, something that's very close to my heart, uh, you, you need to centralize your data here. So you have everything, uh, you need to capture everything that's going on with the customer. Um, so you have that uh, accessible for everyone involved. That's going to create a lot of efficiency for you. It's going to be, it's going to take away all these gut feel and these, you have to ask him or her. Uh, so this is a key part in building a more team approach to customer success is of course to have centralized data where you can see how things are going as much as possible of course uh, real time so that's number two here uh, and this is also some a step-by-step process to start start getting it uh, the first steps on that one and then you can evolve with uh, adding more uh, data to it but that's a key thing here as well for sure yeah i mean that's 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 critical to eliminating the, the the customer having to repeat themselves at the very least, right? You can oh yeah, oh yeah. Have uh, that's, that's that's so huge. Um, and then I, I think uh, the the third one I would say is orchestration, which is really um, just proactively and properly managing expectations with your customers, so there are no surprises, so that they know you're not you know as a CSM, like you're not the only person they're ever going to work with. Um, oh, yeah. it, if they think that it's because you didn't manage their expectations properly. So just do that, you know, be, be transparent about who, what, what it's going to look like when they start working with you or as they advance and as they grow and evolve. So, um, and again, if it's just you right now, great, but let them know at some point you may bring on other people on the team and they may end up working with them. So start managing expectations today. Perfect. So that's a wrap for today's question. Uh, We'll be back soon and keep posting questions to us. We love that. So thanks a lot, everyone. Hey, thanks for listening. Do you want to bring your customer success to the next level? Check out Impact Academy. We have training programs for customer success managers and for leaders in customer success.